airing the Addisons. Let me say this, as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, we've got to be careful and make sure that in everything, man, we are trying to get as close to what the word says as possible. And we got to understand that with that type of wickedness, man, you know, God does not wink at that. That's judgment. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. And you don't have shades of truth. You have truth or you have error. You have fact or you have fiction. And now we go into the thick of it. Uh oh. Uh oh. Erin Addison's. On American Family Radio, thank you so much for listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. Sherry B is over in Studio CC. And boy, do we appreciate her. We're going to open up the phone lines in the last segment and hear from you on some of the topics that we plan to discuss today, mostly around the protection of our children mm-hmm. and us continuing to stand for the truth. That's sort of our area of interest, uh, marriage, family, the culture, and the impact that that has on those institutions and included in, in those institutions, the impact of the culture on the church. Yeah. So we tend to spend a lot of time there. Um, it's, it's the thing that, that hopefully is an encouragement to you and a challenge to you, mm. and hopefully it's informative when you listen. Um, that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to stir up your activism, and hopefully that activism starts right in your own family it starts right in your own sphere of influence. That's right. And so that's what we seek to do when we open up the mics uh, Monday through Friday. And by the grace of God, uh, we'll continue to do that as long as the Lord equips us and enables us to do it. Um, by the way, we've got our fall share coming up in just about a week. And we would like for you to be a part of it. I think that Aaron the Addison's is among like the new kids on the block as far as being <laughs> on AFR. Yeah. So if you've had enough time to make a decision about what you think about our show... <laughs> And it's good. Hi. (laughs) And it's good. Hi, everybody. (laughs) Hey, it's me. Okay. Uh, If you've had uh, time enough to make a decision about what you think about the show, would you call in and uh, record your testimony? Let us know if uh, specifically Erin the Addisons and, of course, American Family Radio as a whole. uh, But if Erin the Addisons has been a blessing to you and to your family, if it's been an encouragement, um, if you find yourself talking about some of our topics, if you've been challenged, if you've been informed, would you let us know? And I'll give you the number twice and slow mm-hmm. uh, so that you can be a part of this. We really would like to hear from you and play uh, some of your, your expressions uh, during our fall share The number is 877-876-8893. 877-876-8893. Now, if you're like me, you probably are not going to call when you're listening to a program that you want to listen to. Mm. So also, if you're like me, you may just want to text that number to somebody who doesn't care. (laughs) (laughs) So you can go back to your texting box and find it. Sometimes I do that. I just send it and it's like, no, no, I just I'm going to need to see this later. Uh, So maybe you'll do that. But here is the number again, 877-876-8893. And when you call, you're simply leaving a recording. In fact, it would be very similar to a lot of the encouraging emails and messages on social media that we get from you. By the way, thank you so much mm-hmm. for that. You have no idea how encouraging that is. It really, yeah. really does mean a lot. And so it'd be very similar to that. It doesn't have to be long, doesn't have to be lengthy. Um, if you want to just call in and um, offer words of encouragement and let us know what you think about the Addisons, you can tell us what you think about us. I don't know why I had to say it like that. It's just... <laughs> kind of seems like it fit the moment. Uh, But anyway, that's the number that you'll do that. 877-876-8893. 
our incredible production department is looking for a minute or two that you might leave a, a recording um, letting us know how American Family Radio has been a blessing and an encouragement to your life, uh, to your family. And specifically, we're asking if uh, Aaron the Addisons has been an encouragement to you, would you also call in and let us know that as well? Um, also, by way of announcement, coming up this weekend right. in Richmond, Virginia, mm -hmm. uh, the Addisons are going to be a part of Truth for a New Generation, the Unashamed Conference. I'm going to be presenting on Saturday, October 11th, I believe it is, Saturday, October the 11th. And um, I'm really excited about that. Um, my, my presentation is on boldness being required uh, in the age of critical race theory and intersectionality. I am going to walk through the progression from classical Marxism to cultural Marxism to critical race theory, well, actually to critical theory, mm -hmm. then to critical race theory, and now intersectionality, and show how at its core it's incompatible with biblical that's Christianity. That's good. And, um, that's in, October 12th. That's October 12th. Saturday. In, in Richmond, Virginia. Mm -hmm. Saturday, October 12th. Um, I really hope that you'll come out. This is not something that we can afford to ignore. Um, it is not a question mm -hmm. of when this comes to the doorsteps of the church, right. it's, already, it's here. already here. It's already here. In fact, I've, I've, I've got so many, um, so many quotes and so much information in this presentation that when you see the progression of how this has made its way to the church, you will be repulsed by it. Um, and hopefully repulsed to the point where you are more vigilant and where you will hold the line if you want to learn more information about that, you can go to truthforanewgeneration.com. Tickets for the event are $39.95. $39.95. You can go to truthforanewgeneration.com and uh, be a part of it. If you want to call and find out more information, all you've got to do is call one or call 877-YES-GOD-1. 877-YES-GOD-1. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, the other speakers at this conference uh, would be Todd Starnes, uh, Bill Federer, and uh, of course, Alex McFarland, who you hear every day here on Exploring the Word with Brother Bert Harper. And so anyway, this is the time for us to hold the line. This is the time for us to hold the line. Amen. There is a great sense of urgency that we should not overlook when it comes to the attack on the church, mm -hmm. the attack on family, the attack on our children. This is not something that is just an accident of the culture. It's by design. Right. It is immense wickedness. Uh, presenting itself as rebellion against God. So all of the institutions that God has set up, all of the institutions that God has instituted, if you will, uh, are in the bullseye of wicked and evil men and women. Mm. Wicked mm -hmm. and evil men and women. Mm -hmm. there, there once was not a time where it was overly controversial for me to say that Will is the head of our family. Mm -hmm. And this is biblical. I'm not oppressed. Mm. <laughs> Right. Like I'm doing okay. Right. Like I'm not, I don't wake up every day feeling like I need to get out from under that oppression. But today in our current cultural climate where we have cultural Marxism that has married feminism and all of these things. And now you've got questions about critical race theory and intersectionality. Uh, I would be espousing views that, that really tell, tell you that I'm oppressed. Mm. Right. So I put an incredible amount of time into uh, this presentation to tell you I'm not oppressed and neither <laughs> are you. Amen. You're not a victim. That's right. Women are not victims of the United States of America. <laughs> Women are not victims of the church. Mm. 
Women, because of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, have been elevated. Mm, Women have equal worth and value, but different roles and functions. And that's by God des- God's design. It's, mm. not up, it's not up for debate. It's not up for discussion. And the Lord made it so in that he connected it to the structure of the church. The man is the head of the woman as Christ is the head of the church. That's so right. would you dethrone Christ? Mm. Would you say Christ is no longer over the church? then neither can you take the structure of family that God has instituted and then dismantle it. Mm. Guys, but that's where we are. What is what I call biblically simple has has gone into mainstream and become up for discussion. It's Mm. up for debate now. Now we can negotiate portions of the scriptures away. I suggest to you very strongly, we cannot negotiate away any of the Bible. Amen. It's not ours. It's not ours. We We are retelling what has been handed down to us. It's not something that originated with us. So anyway, I say all of that to say, look, I could, I get on my Apple box, my Apple crate for that. Like mm-hmm. I just, I mean, that's one of the things that really gets to me. And, you know, and I struggled for a long time. Let me tell you, I used to say, Lord, you know, this, this personality that you've given me. And, and I, I, I wrestled with it because people would automatically perceive that I intend to lead my husband because my personality is very strong, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm a researcher. This is what I do. So I have a degree in public relations. Communications is my thing. This is, it's not only what God has gifted me to do, but it's what I went to school to do, to perfect. And the Lord called me to missions. So I I started doing that. But this is what God has geared me to do. But here's the thing. My personality and my gifts and my abilities do not negate the word of God. Amen. So it's not because, oh, you know, you have a woman who is not a communicator or does not have a strong personality. Oh, it's easier for you to implement the word of God. And so you probably don't have these problems. The word of God is not asking you how you feel about it Mm. (laughs) or whether or not it works with your given personality. So let's just put that to bed right now. And here's the thing that we also don't understand about biblical submission. And the culture is, is, is wreaking havoc on the church because we don't understand this. This is your choice. Do you understand that? If someone is forcing you to submit, you have not submitted. Mm. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, the, it's the old anecdote of the kid who is sitting down but standing up in his heart. That's not submission. Right, right, right. So women don't understand this. Like it's it, this, you know, anyways. But look, all that we need that pertains to life and godliness, the <laughs> Lord has ensured that we should have it. Amen. We have access to the word of God. So we'll explore a little bit of that. I'm also going to be speaking at um, the Lunch and Learn that happens earlier in the day. You can find out all of this information when you go to truthforanewgeneration.com, truthforanewgeneration.com. I'm going to be talking about the state of the American family and the country and millennials and where we go and what the role of the church is. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be putting all of that together and talking about the opportunity that we have. Some people see us in the midst of a disaster, and that may be true, but I also see an incredible opportunity that the Lord has given to the church at this point in history and we should not squander that. So I'm looking forward to it. Um, I intend to be controversial. (laughs) Really? (laughs) I bank on it. I bank on it. When I, when I'm researching, I'm like, I'm like, okay, so see what they said here. Let's see. What is the most controversial way that I can, (laughs) that I can communicate this? What is the most jolting way? And why do I do that? Because I want the body of Christ of, of Christ to be provoked. I really do. Now, I mean, when I say, provocative you understand what i mean i don't right. mean crude or anything like that i right, just mean right. basically telling the truth today is provocative <laughs> yeah 
<laughs> Pretty much. Okay. You tell the truth. and That's it. This, basically, when you tell the truth today, yeah. that is provocative and that will trigger people. I don't believe in trigger warnings, so I don't give them. <laughs> right. I don't give trigger warnings. If, if you are not old enough to learn how to control your emotions, then maybe you need a nursery. <laughs> Maybe. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't know if they have n- nursery classes for, for nursery truth. I have to have to check with Alex on that. But, you know, <laughs> I don't do trigger warnings. Yeah. I don't do political correctness. You understand? We're going to speak in facts. The Bible speaks in facts. Amen. You understand that the Bible, I am so glad. Listen, guys, you have the luxury, if in fact you've had this luxury, of being offended by truth because it led to your repentance and coming to the Lord Jesus Christ. This is a beautiful thing. This is wonderful. Mm. Right? And in why should we deny the truth so that other people feel more comfortable in their sin? We shouldn't. Absolutely <laughs> not. Absolutely not. So I just, I just, I'm not, I'm not geared that way. It could be because I grew up fatherless. Thanks, dad. Oh, um, <laughs> I'm just on. kidding. <laughs> if she had a dad, she wouldn't be as strong in her personality. I don't know. Yeah, I look no. at Megan McCain. She's yeah. kind of strong in her personality. Make, she had a dad. That makes you who you are. Yeah, it's true. I and I I joke about that. It's not it's not a joking matter. But I you know it's it's yeah. also a part of my personality that I have to submit to the lordship of Jesus Christ. Yeah. To make sure that all my <laughs> jokes are appropriate. Um, I'm not suggesting that you need fatherlessness. That's not at all. People understand that. Will you I understand? I hope so. That? I understand it. Okay. Don't worry about you me. You know how I feel. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Thank you, Sherry V. Strong woman grew up with her dad. So, yeah, there you go. Blow it out of the water, right? (laughs) And also feminine and also married and also raising children. Guys, and I say this, look, to conservatives, we need to understand that there is no mutual exclusivity when we talk about the roles of women and how they can function in our culture today, right? So the Bible lays out very clear how women function in their homes. It does not mean that they can't hold positions of leadership in the work that they do, Mm -hmm. but we've missed this. We've not understood this at all. You know what I mean? And so anyway, um, but that's not a good, that's not going to be a part of my talk this weekend. (laughs) All right. That's a a whole different presentation. All right. Another weekend. This weekend I'm talking about the gospel and the proliferation of it. And it banks on boldness and you need boldness in the face of intersectionality and critical race theory that is set up tent in the church yeah and people are afraid and shaking in their boots in fact they are putting together committees that reflect the fact that some denominations have adopted critical race theory as a framework and that adoption was evident before they even had any kind of revolution uh, resolutions to reflect it mm. and the evidence for it is that the committees were designed and set up to reflect submission to critical race theory but you're going to learn more about that when you come <laughs> out this weekend richmond virginia truth for a new generation.com all right we got to grab the break aaron the addisons american family radio we'll be right back america america God shed His grace on thee. We've come too far. We've been through too much. Why would we ever leave? Oh, welcome back. Welcome back to Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. I love that song so much. It really does make me feel instantly patriotic. 
Like, I, there is so much, and I'm not going to go into this because we've got other stuff that we need to talk about. I, I get all Gabby, right? I go off script. Um, there is so much for us to be grateful for um, being citizens of this country. Yeah. And understanding what God has done. Like, I mean, it is, it is just incredible. And sometimes I think we make a mistake as Christians and that we try to cover the flaws of our country. Mm. Right. So we become a type of revisionist. Right. Mm. And that's not helpful. Right. We need to say, yep, that was wrong. That happened. That yeah. happened. Yeah. But look at how we corrected that. Right. Look at what we did. Like no other nation in the history of the world. Look at what we did and look at what we have secured for our citizens. Look at how we set the standard for the world in so many different ways. I wrote a post. I, I wrote a blog. Um, I guess it was a couple years ago maybe a year ago, I, I lose track of time, but how there is no black culture without America. Mm. Do you understand that black <laughs> culture that is so largely influential on the world stage mm -hmm. does not exist if there is no United States of America, which to me is insane that now you've got black Americans who are being trained and indoctrinated to hate this country while at the same time celebrating black culture. Mm. <laughs> Guys, come here, lean in, come here, come here, <laughs> listen to me, look at me eye to eye. There is no black culture without the United States of America because what is celebrated all around the world, what is exported all around the world is not African culture, it's not Haitian culture, it's not the island's culture, <laughs> it's American culture, black American culture. Mm. There is no black culture without the United States of America. Am I just too simple? No, that makes sense. I mean, I don't understand. Sense. You know, anyway, anyway. It don't make sense. We how, live in a like great country. Like you said, you know, there's this move to hate the country. Yes. You know, I, I, I heard something that President Trump said um, recently. He was speaking to a, a group of black conservatives that went up to D.C. Yeah. And he said, you know, he was thanking them. He said, you know, look, African-Americans built this country. You mm. know, they had a lot to do. A large portion of, right. of how this country was built. That's you know, right. and I saw some people online, you know, saying, ah, oh, just because he said that don't mean he's not racist. It, oh. You know, it's just <laughs> you can't win. But I, but I was happy that he acknowledged that That's because right. it, it's, it's true. It's true. You know, true. along with everybody, there was a lot of people who built That's this right. country, but African-Americans did have a, a large portion. That's right. You know, that, that was done, you know, so. That's right. Uh, Which is why I think that when you look I at. say African-Americans. I usually don't say that. I know. Black people. You're trying to soften it. That's okay. <laughs> the PC bug bites all of us every now and again. <laughs> right. I mean, it's a different culture. It is. Yeah. It's not African. Right. You understand what I'm saying? And look, and, and people say, well, you're over, overly simplifying that or, you know, oversimplifying that. But it's just true. When you meet Africans who are African-American, that's a different culture. Mm -hmm. that's, that's a totally different culture. Yeah. So what we have in the United States of America is a new culture, just like America, yeah. which, which has its own new culture that is distinct, that is this mixture of all these different cultures that have come together saying we are Americans. Mm. Like, I, I mean, and that used to be okay. Mm. When, when we were growing up in school, do you remember? Mm. That was before safe spaces. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you remember that? that. Yeah. You remember you would get a visit from Officer Friendly, and yeah. you weren't taught to hate police officers and law yeah. enforcement. Yeah. You remember that? That it was you weren't triggered to stand up and pledge allegiance to the flag. Mm -hmm. Right. You weren't triggered to sing the national anthem. Right. 
I mean, I grew. I was like, I am Whitney Houston. <laughs> Her rendition. That's funny. Oh my goodness! Of that's me. That headband, that crazy hair, that jumpsuit. That is me. Go look it up. It's it's quite possibly the best rendition mm. of the national anthem mm. ever, ever. I mean, possibly, right? And then you got the flyover that happens. I mean, <laughs> when I was when I was young in my house, I, we had this little we had this little. Um, it was sort of an Asian style table in our house. It, it sat low to the floor and we'd sit around it and we'd pretend and have tea parties with it. It was supposed to be like a coffee table, but it was mm-hmm. designed really low. And we would stand on that and it would be a platform in our house, right? <laughs> My mom didn't like it, but <clears throat> we would stand. She, this is why we can't have nice things. It's true. But in that moment, we would be Whitney Houston. And in fact, we could actually hear the flyovers over our house in, in inner city That's New funny. Orleans. <laughs> it was so real in our minds. There's, there. <laughs> I'm thinking about I see where the kids get the standing on furniture from. Oh yeah. That I, I will that didn't come from my son. No, that didn't. We yeah, <laughs> we were wild. Um we were wild. Uh God bless the United States of America. Amen. And I mean the one true and living God and, and may God have mercy on our country, right? I mean, he's not done building his church, and that includes um people from the United States of America. Yeah. We need to understand that. All right. Amen. Moving on. Don't come back with that song again. Because <laughs> I'll do it again, Will. You're like, don't tell me what to do, yeah, woman. I got this. Don't tell me what to do, woman, <laughs> that God gave me. I got this. We must fight the sexualization of children by adults. This is the headline that grabbed my attention this morning uh, from the Daily Signal. As always, all of the articles that we discuss on the program, we'll make sure to put the links to those stories uh, in the podcast for you. So you can go to AFR.net. If you want to listen to this program when you have more time, you can get the podcast for all of AFR shows, in particular, uh, Aaron the Addison's. And what we try to do is include links to the stories that we discuss. And so we hope that that is a blessing to you, that you can take advantage of that as well so that you can read it for yourself. Um, but this is the headline that grabbed my attention from the Daily Signal. We must, we must fight the sexualization of children by adults. And the thing that um, just was, I guess, shocking and overwhelming to me, so much so, was all of the information that was included in here as far as the number of different fronts that parents have to contend on. Yeah. Like the, the, the attack, the onslaught um, of not just the culture, but in education and in healthcare, all of these things that are uh, social media. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Attacking our children and seeking to sexualize them. And so I wanted to spend some time Uh, kind of talking about that and having a conversation around that. Uh, This article begins, childhood used to be a time of innocence, but as our culture has become more and more sexualized, children have become the casualties of adult uh, adult exploitation. Mm. The casualties of adult exploitation. The New York Times just reported that more than 45 million, listen, lean in saints of God. The New York Times just reported that more than 45 million online photos and videos of children being sexually abused were reported by tech companies. That is more than double the number they found last year. Wow. 45 45 million million. online photos and videos of children being sexually abused were reported by tech companies. Mm. Hmm. In culture, education, and healthcare, American children are increasingly targeted for sexual messages, images, and themes at younger ages. Our culture is saturated with sexual content that was once considered too risque for children. 
And listen to this. Social media has accelerated the spread of pornography to young viewers. We yep. already know yep. this. Yep. We have to get out of the realm where we wish it weren't true. Right. And we have to say, in fact, it is true. What are we going to do about it? So we need lawmakers in place who understand how dire the situation is, but we also need parents in place who understand how dire yeah. the situation and I think that's is. N- that's number one, that parents understand and not be in denial or just be plain ignorant. That's right. You know, and hopefully that's what we're doing here is informing about, about what's going on yeah. so that we can begin to take action or begin to seek the Lord on how to strategically you know, deal with these problems. Absolutely. You know, the parents the, are the front lines, the, the, home, the homes, the families, right. you know, and our churches need to be involved as well. Amen. And it's, this is not a problem that is going to correct itself. It's no. not going to come out in the wash. You understand? Like mm-hmm. you can't just tide pod this and expect it to clean itself. And then we're not going to have to deal with it. This is going to take immense work on the part of parents, on the part of the church, on mm. a part of our lawmakers to step in and to say, man, we are destroying the future of our nation. Mm-hmm. We are destroying the future of our, our nation. Look, I, I'll go back to this article here, but sometimes I look at our children and look, we have to keep it 100. You know, we don't do PC very well. I look at, especially like for, for JD, you know, mm-hmm. and I think about um, his future desire to be married. And he, he said the other day, even as we, as we were walking into AFA, actually last Friday, as we were walking in, he said, mom, he said, is it bad that, I kind of want to be married before Jesus comes back. He said, is that bad? (laughs) I said, no, son. I said, the Lord considers how you're made and the fact that you don't know what it will be like to be with him for eternity. Mm. So your desire to be married is a right desire. It is a right desire. And, and, and look, and that's, that's a conflict, right? That a lot of people have like, man, there's some things I want to do, but I think the conflict exists only because we cannot even imagine what it will be like to be with God for eternity. Mm -hmm. Every other common grace, every other goodness that we enjoy on this earth will pale in comparison. But I got to tell you, doubling back to that, I look at him and remember we were having this conversation with them in the kitchen. We said, look, the time is coming where you could be approached by someone and you could not know truly the sexual identity (laughs) of that person. You wouldn't even know. And he thought that was like crazy. That boggled his mind. He was like, there's no way that you would think a man is a woman. And so we have to say, no, son, there is a way and it is happening. And unfortunately, we have to train our kids in this way because the culture is relentless. The culture is relentless. The American Academy of Pediatrics reports that in the United States, 42% of children between 10 and 17, 42% of children between 10 and 17 have viewed pornography online. Mm-hmm. Social media has become prime hunting ground for sex traffickers. In March of 2019, Instagram was reportedly the leading social media platform for child for child grooming by sexual predators. Instagram, wow. wow, was reportedly the leading social media platform for child grooming by sexual predators. A recent poll of 2000 teens found that nearly 75 percent. A recent poll of 2000 teens found that nearly 75% had received pornographic direct messages from strangers. Wow. Even if they had a private account, 55% of victims of sex trafficking in 2015 met their abusers through a website, an app, or through random text messages. Hmm. 
You'll remember about a month or so ago, we talked about the huge impact of Tumblr on our oh, young yeah. girls. Man. These social media apps are destroying our children. Man, and yet another reason to have a, a guard or a governance on uh, devices that your kids and to, use. And to know what they're using. And know what they're using. And, you know, even, there are some kids that at a certain age, they shouldn't even have devices in well, my in my opinion i agree with you will i you agree know, with you what's and the, what's the point i would say this you know and i you know i remember us we were talking this was uh, i guess a couple of years ago we were talking to an individual who said you know talking about the problem that they're having with the kid in the cell phone and i was just like oh okay and i didn't i because i don't i don't lead with trying to push my conviction about right. that on people because right. that's not doctrine right? right this is this is the way we've chosen to parent our kids it's not doctrine Right. So I don't lead with that in conversation because sometimes it can alienate people. It can make right. people feel like you're judging them. And, exactly. and that's not at all what I'm trying to do. So I just usually just kind of go, oh, okay, I'm listening and I'm taking it in. Well, this particular person perceived that I'm, I'm, I had to have had the, the conviction that our kids are not going to have cell phones. Mm -hmm. And so she immediately circled back to which, and even if you think you're not going to get your kid a cell phone, it's unavoidable. You have to do it. That's what she said. And so I was just kind of smiling and she was like, you have to do it. And so now at this point, I'm like, okay, you forced me into this. discussion. <laughs> like I don't, cause I don't lead with that. You know, I know I'm, 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 I'm strong and I'm convinced about what I'm convinced about. Right. So I'm like, actually, no, we're not doing it. We're not doing it there until they need one. They don't need one. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, it's just unavoidable. And so you're, you know, you're talking about 11, 10, 12 year olds who have cell phones. And here's the thing, those kids, Take those cell phones to bed like stuffed animals. Man. They're getting tucked in with the cell phone at night. Mm -hmm. The cell phones have data. Mm -hmm. The kids have unfettered access to the, the, the molestation of their minds. They are being robbed of their innocence. And we as parents are paying for it every month. Man. We are paying for our kids to lose their innocence. I mean, at what point do you say, Okay, you know, if, if we feel like our kid actually has to have access to these devices in the palms of their hands, if mm -hmm. they have to have it, then I think the question then should rightly be raised, what do I need to change about the way we live that they don't have to need those so much? Mm. How do I increase my points of contact where my kid is not at the mercy of this cell phone all the time? You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Where it becomes not even an option for me to take it from them. Yeah. Yeah. Now, you know, and, and even in his talk, I'm reminded of AFA and Brother Don, how he was uh, telling and challenging families to cut their television off. That's it. For a week. Yeah. Was it? Yeah. And I feel like we're at a time now where we're like, man, maybe there need to be some devices put down for a week. Like, can you because it's the same it's the same thing, but it's at an accelerated rate. It's that's and exactly And there's more right. information out there that's now. Right. And you it's know, more about three channels me. back then. Come though. on. You right. Know, <laughs> now you're talking about. The, the world wide web that's right that you have information that comes from everywhere that that's you right. can access and that's so right. man I don't know there needs to be a stand you know by parents to say hey I gotta grab hold of this and and look and let me tell you something it is it's unfettered access and it's more habit forming than watching TV watching TV is habit forming don't get me wrong make no mistake about it but what we have with devices and what we have with cell phones is so incredibly habit forming in fact it changes the connections made in the brain they have done studies on this and they've shown that the brain corrects itself when you remove those devices for a period of time 
guys, this is our job. Like, we're fit for this. We have to show up for this, right? We yeah. can't just autopilot the rearing of our children. Amen. Predators are hoping that we will. Right. All right, let us grab the break. Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. We'll be right back. Thank you so much for listening to Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. We appreciate getting to spend this time with you as we talk about uh, what's happening in the culture, how it's impacting the family and the church. And we want to encourage you to hold the line. Hold the, don't be a line breaker. Mm. Hold the formation. Look, the Amen. pressure is great and you feel it. You feel like a dinosaur in culture <laughs> because you look at the things that you believe that so many people believed along with you, but they have departed. Listen, what you're seeing is not contrived. It is actually happening. Don't mm -hmm. adjust your dial. That yeah. is really happening. You don't need right. to hit the screen. You know what I mean? But it <laughs> was foretold that it would happen. We are where when we read about it, we thought, well, what's that going to look like? <laughs> In our minds, it was all grainy. It was like, you know, you've been left behind. Like it was all <laughs> grainy, right? It was, right? it was that picture of like, oh, that could never happen. Right. But here we are, and the Bible has already told us what would happen, that there would be a great falling away, and we are witnessing that, but the Lord is not done. Amen. He is not done. He's purifying the church, right? So in order for you to be a part of what God is doing means that you do not relax the standards of God. Mm. You don't need to make nice with people. Like, and, and now we want to be compassionate, and we want to be loving, and we want to tell people the truth, but telling people the truth does not mean or, tell, or loving people and being compassionate does not mean that we compromise on the truth. Mm. Do you understand? They're not mutually exclusive. You speak the truth in love. Amen. How hateful can you be to know this truth and then obscure it because you want to be liked? You're selfish, really. Mm. It's a selfish person who obscures the truth so that they can be comfortable in that moment. You've, you've got to be thoroughly convinced. You've got to raise your kids to be thoroughly convinced. Give them the tools to be able to defend their faith. you be able to defend your faith. Stand at the doors of the church. <laughs> May wicked and evil men enter over your dead body. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Play, play goalie for your family. Care about what's happening, right? But let it start. Let your activism start with your own family. Yeah. I want to open the phone lines, and I'll go back to this article as Sherry B. gets the calls queued up. 888-589-8840. Um, <laughs> I gave a lot of numbers today. So my brain just went, what's the number you need, Miki? It was like a dare. 888-589-8840. Sherry B. will get you queued up. And I want to go back to this, this article here because there's more information that I think is important to kind of pull it all together to see how it's not just a one-two punch on the sexualization of our children, but it's coming from all sides. Yeah, It's coming from all sides. Our kids are inundated and overly sexualized. And if we don't step in and protect them, they're already gone. Mm. Even though they're under our roofs, they're already gone. Um, efforts to expose children to age inappropriate content and make parental notification and opt out difficult or impossible undermines parents constitutional rights. And yet we see this attempt being made in schools in the United States of America, yeah. California, New Jersey and Illinois. 
passed laws requiring schools to teach about the political, social, and economic contributions of lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender people. You remember we talked about comprehensive sexual education Mm -hmm. and how not only is this spreading in our country, but the United Nations has adopted it as adopted it as its sex ed framework. (laughs) Guys, the enemy is after our children. And when we used to say that we would sound like chicken little. Right. Right. That it was this unfounded. The sky is falling. Oh, and it's just a leaf. No, but now it is. You've you've got the bottom that's kind of broken out from it. And it's and it's all pouring down. But here's the thing. We are not without hope. Mm. We are Amen. not without the grace of God. And we're fully equipped to defend and protect our children. Amen. And once again, as you say that, you know, I, I think about Brother Don and uh, uh, James Dobson. Yes. People who were sounding the alarm right. a long time ago. And I wonder uh, people, uh, Christians who say, oh, man, they're kind of loony. Back then, I wonder right. if they're still here today. What what what, it, what they are they thinking? Oh, yeah, now yeah. because a lot of this stuff has happened. Stuff that seemed so far fetched back then, or you that know. they were fear mongering. Yeah, fear-mongering, has come you know. to fruition. Yeah, and so man, I'm, I'm I'm hoping as we're sounding this alarm that Christians are taking this seriously today. You know, and that we uh, be able to take it to the Lord and act upon you know what God's showing us to do and not. Just throw it away like, oh, That's right. those people, they're That's just kind of right. crazy. Here's the thing that I think most parents do not understand. Because our kids are overly sexualized on many different fronts, the points of contact that our kids will spread this information among themselves increases. Mm. So it was not <laughs> shocking to us to learn uh, a couple summers ago that one of our daughter's friends said to them mm-hmm. that she wanted to be a dude. Mm-hmm. And then told our daughter, and you want to be a dude too. Right. So now, if we had not prepared our children for what is happening in the culture, mm-hmm. do you know that they would have been caught off guard and even given maybe some thought or credence to that? Like, what does that mean? Because that's what's happening. That's right. Those conversations are happening. We saw in the study about the girls, you know, who are being... Changing their yes, gender identity in it's groups. Like, yeah, in groups. That's right. So that's happening. Those so conversations happening. Are, are taking place. And guess what? We're not insulated from it. Right. It's, it's come nigh the Addison's dwelling. <laughs> right. Our kids are in their backyard playing right. with their friends where they are faced with this conversation. Mm-hmm. Hey, you want to be a dude. I want to be a dude. But because we had indoctrinated our kids, because we had trained them mm-hmm. that God has only made them male and female in his image, he made them. They were able to combat that and then immediately tell us about it. Yeah. Tell us about the conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Guys, we can do it. It takes work. No one's immune. Mm. You're not. We don't think that, oh, we're keeping our kids away from that. Nope. That's not at all what we think. What we think is we're trying to train our kids to live in the midst of it. Mm. Welcome to Babylon, everybody. Man, man, Baggage man. claim is over there. I hope. The, <laughs> welcome. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's go to the phone lines. 888-589-8840. Will the great. Where do we go first? Uh, let's go to uh, John in Illinois. Hi, John. Good morning, or good afternoon. Good afternoon. I appreciate what you're talking about, um, trying to train kids in terms of dealing with the culture. I'm I'm quite a bit older, and it was harder to get into that stuff when I was when I was young, but I did, <laughs> and and as a result, I'm 
cautious. I have a cell phone. I don't have a smartphone. I don't want a smartphone because mm, I don't want to be around that stuff. Mm-hmm. But I, I do appreciate um, your comments in, in trying to help parents and grandparents to uh, protect their children, their grandchildren, the, the kids that they're influencing. Um, I really do appreciate that. God bless you, John. Thank you so Thank much. You. We can do this. The Lord has equipped us to do it. And I'm, I'm so glad that John doubled back to grandparents and yeah. grand aunts and grand uncles. You're not yeah. done. It's, it's a whole family thing, you know. We shouldn't underestimate the impact of intergenerational discipleship. A- amen. Amen. We have a role to play in each other's lives. God has given us the body of Christ, the family of God, and we should make the best use of that. Amen. Amen. Let's go to uh, Richard in uh, Selma, Alabama. Hi. Hi, Richard. Hello, how are you today? Doing, Hi. Doing good. I have a question. Okay. Uh, I'm a late Christian, okay? I haven't been a Christian too long. And uh, I've been listening to y'all. You there? I don't know, a few weeks anyway. Yeah, I'm here. Okay. And my question is, I heard you talking with your son the other day, and he is so knowledgeable. I want to know where to begin with my children mm. i mean i don't know where to begin with them richard how yes it absolutely does can i ask what's the age range of your children uh 12 and 15 okay, and okay. they just recently they just recently got baptized not too long ago and uh you know as the man of the house it's my job to lead them in the right direction and and i don't know how yeah and, uh, just it bothers me well, l- let me say this, you know, for me, the start is right at home, um, meaning we have uh, we, we have been going through uh, a book of the Bible. Uh, Ephesians is where we left off, but we went to James and we just take it step by step. It's not going to be I don't believe it's going to be cookie cutter, you know, for every family. But at the times that you you are eating and that may be a great time to sit down with the family and go through like uh, scripture or talk about certain mm-hmm. things that's happened during the day where it, it, it turns into conversation that we start bringing out our Bibles and, and, and talking about, yes. well, what, let's see what the word of God says. And as the man, you know, you can set those things up. You can say, Hey, let's all sit down and eat and let's talk about, you know, the word of God and some things that, you know, that maybe you've been looking at in, in the Bible and you yes, want to share, so you know, uh, like, like recently, I had a, a conversation with them about the parable of the, the, the talents. That's right. And uh, that was kind of like just off the cuff. I, I forgot what brought it about, but we were just talking about. Oh, le- you were encouraging them that God has given them each individual gifts and those okay. gifts are for his glory. And so, yeah. we, yeah, yeah. So, you know, and I've been reading this book about someone that we just uh, interviewed about yeah. legacy, mm-hmm. you know, and, and feeling the weight of as the father wanting to make sure that the family mission and legacy is understood like why we are here like what has God called us to do and and we just got into talking about the parable of the the talents you know and and asking them questions like you know what do you think about this and and giving them a a chance to share and I think it's it's as simple as that it's taking that time to say hey we might look at one scripture or we might just you know make sure that we pray together or whatever it may be and and you build upon that you know, mm-hmm. and maybe some some nights you miss it, like y'all don't get together and do it. And that's OK, you know, but 
if you as the husband, as the as the male can can have, you know, just some consistency about wanting to do it and, and, and communicating that, I think that's where you start. I agree. I agree 100 percent. Where do we go next? Will the great. Let's see. Let's go to Richmond and David. You're in Richmond. Hi, David. Hello. How are you? It's good to be on with you again. Awesome. I, I just wanted to, uh, two things I wanted to say if it's okay. One is that man that you were just talking to, uh, I was going to suggest the book of Proverbs. It's a father teaching his son. Mm-hmm. And uh, just go line by line and uh, do it with your son and learn, him, learn it at the same time. Um, the other thing is um, Mrs. Addison mentioned uh, the uh, parents' constitutional rights. And unfortunately, are you there? Did we lose David? Yes. Go ahead. Say that I'm again. Here. Can you hear me? Yes. Yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. I said, I'm, okay, unfortunately, there are no parental rights. Uh, uh, parental rights are not uh, protected in the Constitution, but they can be. There is a work that's being done to amend the U.S. Constitution to protect parental rights, and they can find out about it at parentalrights.org. Okay. Let me, and, uh, and I don't remember so mentioning that, David, but that's good to know. Parental, parentalrights.org. Dot org. But, but here is what I would appeal to. I would say this. Even if the Constitution doesn't expressly list any protection for our parental rights, we understand that even what the Constitution acknowledges is that our rights come from God. So as a parent, and I think we're on the same team here, David. I'm just saying this for the, for the, in the interest of all of our listeners so that if a parent hears this and they go, wait a minute, I don't have any rights. You actually have rights. Your rights come from God. Now, we want to live in a nation where those rights are protected. But remember, our country doesn't give us our rights. Mm -hmm. Our country recognizes the rights that are given to us by God. They are self-evident, right? I mean, this this is what God has given us. So when I'm looking at Ephesians chapter 6, when the Bible says, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and the instruction of the Lord. Mm-hmm. We have a right to discipline and instruct <laughs> Amen. our children. Amen. So there you go. That is clearly laid out for you in scripture. It's not a question. And so now how you go about that changes as the culture secularizes around you. Mm. As man grows in his rebellion against God, you've got to find the ways that work in your culture, in your context, so that you are carrying this, among other scriptures, out in the presence of your kids. That's right. Right. So I would say that, yeah, you know, our our rights to train our children and our rights as parents over our children is one that comes from God. And I will tell you, it is to God that we will answer for our failure to do it. Mm. it it's it's not. Oh my goodness, you're a horrible citizen because you're not maintaining and controlling your children. Mm-hmm. And I'm using controlling loosely here. You understand what I'm saying. But it is to God that we will give an account for what we have done as parents because it is God who has called us to do it. Amen. It's not the United States of America. We have to understand that our rights as parents and our responsibilities as parents predate this country. (laughs) Hello, people. Mm -hmm. Before there was a constitution There was train your kids. Mm -hmm. There was as you come and as you go, as you sit, you're talking about who God is. So it predates the United States of America. So even if we don't have anything in the Constitution, we have a mandate from God to train our kids. Amen. Let's try to squeeze in maybe one more call, Will the Great. All right. Let's go to Jerry in Mississippi. Hi, Jerry. Hey, Will. uh, uh, I just want to say that you and Mickey... You all are an asset to the body of Christ, and uh, I just enjoy listening to you all. You're just a breath 
it's a breath of fresh air and it's good to have uh, people like you all, you know, uh, that's sounding the alarm and thank you all for all the work that you do for the Lord. Oh, oh thank you. God bless Jerry. you, Jerry. Thank Glory you. to God. Glory to God. Man, you know, shame on us if we capitulate. Mm. Shame on mm. us if we do anything against right. the truth. Shame on us if we are fearful or cowardly in the culture that we're living in. What can man do to us? The Lord is our help. Mm. What can man do to us? Mm. So we will stand up and we will defend and protect our children. And that is not as easy as it once was, but the mandate hasn't changed because the culture has. God is still on the throne. All systems are still go. Amen. All right. Thanks for listening to Aaron the Addison's Until Tomorrow, Lord willing. God bless.